0: You are locked on Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked on Browns here with your host Jeff Floyd. We're going to continue along with the pre combine, uh, you know, positional breakdown. We're going to go here tonight with the running backs on your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Um, Guys, as always, you appreciate everything. Appreciate all the feedback. You know, whether it's Surrey, whether it's Alexa, whatever you need for the voice to activation, you know, play podcast. Locked on Browns. They'll be sure to take care of you that way. Um, you know, I've gotten some mention of this. The Browns are not taking running back. The Browns aren't taking running back. The Browns aren't taking running back. I would say right now, today, maybe there's some thought process to that. There is. Um, but Pete and I have both spent a couple of months here now watching running backs, so we're going to talk about them. We have no idea what's going on with Kareem Hunt's suspension. We have no idea the length of it, what exists of it. Uh, Duke Johnson, your guess is as good as mine, and anybody else's who follows this team asks exactly what his role is with this team. So the way I look at it right now is you've got Nick Chubb playing running back week one for the Cleveland Browns, and then you have two question marks after that. So, yeah, there's no reason we can't talk running back. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're in a position and you really like the player and he's in a round where you didn't expect him to be, Who cares if he happens to play a spot on the team where you have other guys? If he's a good football player, go get him. So we're going to get into the running back position. I guess, Pete, we'll start right off the top. Um, And Now, this was an interesting one. I mean, this is an interesting one because, you know, obviously very similar to Marquise Brown as we kicked off last night. Uh, Rodney Anderson out of Oklahoma. I mean, if he probably has polled most people coming into the 2018 college football season and you said Oklahoma is going to have a Heisman Trophy winner this year, again, everyone would have said, ah, congratulations, Rodney Anderson. Um, him getting injured allowed them to just unleash the freak, the college football pre- freak in Kyler Murray. Uh, Rodney Anderson, obviously, he's not going to do much. Uh, I mean, he'll be there, or he'll interview. But here's a guy, it's just tough because he's probably going to figure, you know, late day two, early day three, you're not really sure when you're actually going to be able to get him on the field. Uh, but we'll start here with Rodney Anderson at Oklahoma. Uh,
1: yeah, you mentioned it. It's going to be all about the injury. Uh, sir, it, yeah, it, it felt not only did it feel like it, it was his year to – uh, to be the top back, I mean, there there was legitimate talk of Heisman uh, and and what he could do there, and there was this sense 2, that three
0: thousand yards, twenty touchdowns, it's kind of what everybody was figuring.
1: Well, I mean, even if you 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 for, you, you pretended like CeeDee Lamb and Marquise Brown and those guys didn't exist, I mean, you could theoretically you could just run an offense that was entirely Rodney Anderson and and, and Kyler Murray just running the ball. Uh, and torturing especially uh, big 12 defenses and just like just crushing them and that's that's sort of what the thought process was going to be and then he goes down unfortunately and and it left a big hole not only for you know the Heisman which is Kyler Murray Kyler Murray admirably filled but it left a big hole for who was going to be sort of the top running back in this class and I I, I, and I I, I think that is a hole that is still waiting to be filled. Uh, obviously, Josh Jacobs is a lot of guys' favorites. He's big not draft. on my list.
0: Use the yeah. term big draft. He's he's big draft's favorite. There's no doubt about it.
1: He's not even on my list, but there are you know a number of backs that I do think are good. I don't think this is a great class. I don't think there's a ton of talent in here, but I do think there's some really nice players that could have really successful careers in this group because it's like – it, running back and receiver. There are always guys. It's just a question of uh, identifying and locating. Uh, you know, will, Rodney Anderson's going to be tough. He and Bryce Love are in the same very difficult boat. You know, it's your doctors are going to have to evaluate him, decide when they think he's going to be back. How well he's going to come back and everything else, and unfortunately for Rodney Anderson, this is not his first dance with injuries, nope. uh, which was the issue when he initially went to Oklahoma. There was, you know, when when you know Baker Mayfield and those guys are taking off, Rodney Anderson came off as somewhat of a surprise because he was coming off an injury, and it was like a huge bonus that all these things came together and that offense obviously went to the national title game. But it wasn't like. Rodney Anderson was like the expected result by any stretch.
0: No, and, you know, and it was a, a tough blow for him, obviously, you know, uh, two deep, two injuries now. Uh, if you're going to look at it, you know, and if I'm going to look at it first from a Browns perspective is, is there a way I can, if I draft him, if he gets late fourth round, can I draft him and find a way to stash him? And, you know, because, you know, I, hopefully we'll know what hud suspension is by then and we'll know whether or not he'll have the accrued year, or, you know, the accrued year where he'll go to free agency or won't. But you know, can you get Rodney Anderson and you know just kind of stash him and maybe never have to use him? I mean, it's a possibility. But that's the way you know. If you're a good team, that's the way you're looking at it. If you're a team with a good running back core, you might not need him this year. But you want to know what? Give him a full eighteen months to get back one hundred percent, hopefully to where he was. You look at a guy, you know, look at him in that ilk. Uh, you know, the injury. I, you know, I doubt he's going to be ready to go week one. I mean, because you're usually going to talk before you're actually playing in games again. About a calendar year, so you know obviously that doesn't put him in contention for September. Um, so he, it's a tough, tough spot for Rodney Anderson, a guy who probably could have ended up being the number one running back in this class. Um, and maybe now we're just looking for one so heavily that someone's getting vaulted. We'll get to that guy here in a little bit. Um, interesting name. Uh, I don't know if I see much of an NFL career for him. But I do Miles Gaskin out of Washington, hell of a college career. Um, maybe if he can turn into maybe some James White New Englandish, y- you could have uh, you know a career with some longevity to it. Tiny dude, you know, you know, obviously you know, playing in the back- Pac-12 as the conference itself went downhill. But you know, I will always, I always like a nod. I always like a guy where you can say, hey man, there's four years of production, there's four years of tape. The guy was a good player. I just don't know if he's going to be big enough.
1: Right. Uh, you hit on it. it it's, it's a question of size. But he was great at Washington. And if whether you, you let him as You look at James some White of their
0: tackles, though. I mean, the one obviously who had his injuries, uh, you know, obviously uh, McGarity. You know, it's nice to run against some guys who are 6'6", six 6'7". Foot six, six foot yeah. Uh,
1: and it, whether it's a James White type situation or you look at him as a special teams uh, guy slash... We'll see what we can get out of him. Uh, he's been good against good teams, uh, and that's you know you you don't want to get in the habit of ignoring that. And and we don't need to you know list the endless number of guys who have been disregarded as too small or whatever, but they just kept producing, including a pro bowler who was an undrafted free agent last year uh, with the Broncos. I mean you 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 just. You know, I, I think Gaskin Gaskins going to be a late, late, late round guy like that, may not get drafted at all. But he's the type of guy you bring into camp and, and maybe he surprises you. Uh, you know, there's something to be said for guys who just understand how to play the game. Now, that doesn't mean if he tests like a terrible athlete that you're going to be interested, all that interested in him. But I think he'll do fine. It's just you're it's going to be, you know, like we're seeing with Duke Johnson, despite the fact the dude weighs 215 pounds and has never missed a game as a Brown. He he gets knocked for being like injury prone or, or too small or whatever. You know he's just a football player. Maybe Miles Gaskin can 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 catch or, c- catch on somewhere and do that. Uh, certainly, you know when when it comes to the combine and stuff like that, or it protest pro day and stuff like that, you're gonna see see what he weighs, and, and maybe it's not 190 pounds which he was listed at at Washington. Maybe it's closer to 200. Uh, maybe it's a little bit bigger than that. But, you know, he's a guy who should do well in the, in this area. And then, you know, again, get him on the field. He may figure it out and, and give you a player that, that you like or a practice squad guy or whatever.
0: And, you know, helping him probably, yeah, helping him would be going to the combine and weighing north of two bills. That would help him. Because, um, I mean, he looked, I mean, he, you know, each year maybe he looked a tiny bit bigger, but maybe you're talking, you know, 185 to, you know, maybe a pound or two per year. Um, I, I guess if we're going to do this, we'll, we'll just hit the two of them at the same time. Uh, obviously, Alabama with two of the better backs in, in this draft class, at least for names, um, Damian Harris um, and Josh Jacobs. The one thing that always goes back to me for Harris is, you know, and everybody will, you know, Jacobs, Josh Jacobs best draft back in this draft. I, I, I just, what have we seen Nick Saban sit superior talent in any year he's been down in Tuscaloosa? Uh, well, I mean, look,
1: in all the time he's been in, in Alabama, he's had three backs that were, like, everybody talks about, well, they always have a stable, and they do. Of course. But three, di- three different times he's had guys he's just ridden. Mark Ingram, Heisman Trophy winner, first-round pick. Trent Richardson, uh, you know, had great years at Alabama, even if he's a, a, a massive bust and dragging my Birmingham iron down to the ground. Uh, and then... And then Derrick Henry. I mean, those are guys who I think all of them were north of 2,000 yards. When he has a guy, he tends to feed them. So I understand the argument. Believe me, I, you know, I, I, he gets you know four, or five stars, and he's got to sort them out. And in, in some cases, it's you know he takes a five-star running back and makes him a linebacker. Like that's how spoiled they are with talent. But you're basically you're basically taking the equivalent of a guy who had a great run in the NCAA tournament but never did anything else and saying he's the guy. That's tough uh, for me, and and I'm not going to say I know anything about basketball drafting, but, you know, when it comes to football, you know, a nice run in the playoffs is not enough. You've got to be able to do more than that. And what you're basically saying is the guy who wasn't good enough to be a feature back at Alabama is good enough to be a feature back in a – I'm sorry, the NFL is better than the SEC – it is better than Alabama, so you're going to have to. You're, you're trying to sell that he's he's going to be better than he was in college, and that's far easier said than done. Could it happen? Sure. And, and what would the
0: touches again? Career touches? It's it's like 200. It's so it's, you're basically asking him to have 100 and if you're going to draft him with the top 10 and you're looking to do what Saquon Barkley did, he's going to get the ball 120 to 130 more times than he did in his entire three years. Down in Alabama, and and that's, when a, that's a lot to put on a kid, man.
1: Right, and when you have a prospect like that, he has to absolutely crush the combine and testing. He has to, because if he has a average day or a subpar day, the guy the rats will bail off that ship as fast as humanly possible, because you really won't have anything. Uh, Like, I get it. I've I've seen the clips. I see the guy, you know, he's got pretty good hands. He can do...
0: There's a couple where he kind of almost looks like a tight end, you know, 20 yards down the field, splitting the hashes, splitting defenders, and that's all well and good, but I mean, you know, you've got to, you know, where's going to be the 25 for 130 and, you know, to close out a big ball game for your team because you got drafted that high, and he never really got that much run.
1: Right, so... And and again, you know, this is not a situation where the Browns are in the market for a guy like him. Uh, This is the type of player where you know, if he falls to day three, and and this is not him because I don't think it's going to happen. But if a back like that falls to day three, then you take a flyer and you say, what can I get out of this? But you also inherently have in mind that you know we don't need him to be the the dude. He can be a role player. He can be part of a part of a group and in, in the case with the bronze you have a guy like nick chubb you don't need another a guy and obviously you know we're, we're in wait and see mode with with cream hunt you want a guy who can give you a specific role and 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 the, in that respect you look at teams like the falcons and the patriots and the saints and those guys who sort of, those teams that sort of have a a, a understanding of uh, that they are looking for more role-player type guys as opposed to the feature back. It's a very tough sell for me. doesn't mean it can't work. Obviously, everybody's going to come back and go, we'll look at Al- Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I know. I understand. It's about a once-in-a-decade proposition that you're talking about, and it's not It's not Tennessee, and it's not uh, that coaching staff. It's Nick Saban who's supposed to be the greatest college coach in history. That's who you're betting against here, and, and that's not a bet I want to take.
0: And the other thing is Alvin Kamara wasn't drafted in the top 10. And there's a no, lot of people who want to be putting Josh Jacobs there right now. I do like the mention of Atlanta. And obviously the Saints, you know, Mark Ingram could move on. You want more of that, you know, guy who can get a little bit more physical, you know, handle that type of stuff. Uh, Atlanta, uh, it's, you know, I guess they're going to run with Devonte Freeman again. It looks like Tevin Coleman's going to move on. You're going to need, I mean, you can't just rely on Freeman at this point in time. So you're going to need something more there. Obviously, they could use another piece on offense. Uh, You know, got pistol whipped by the Browns last year. But, you know, another story for another day, guys. Um, And Damian Harris, this is one here, and just we're going to do it this way. A lot of people like to do the, you know, would you rather him here or him here? You know, would you rather Josh Jacobs in the top 10 or would you rather Damian Harris 85 to 100
1: I don't think there's any question. I'd rather if those are my choices, I'm taking Damian Harris. Uh, neither of them have great production, but certainly Damian Harris has done more. Uh, there's more reason to say, you know, there's a reason to believe in him. The biggest thing with a guy like Damian Harris is you love what he offers you in the in the receiving game. Uh, certainly, he's he's shown he's been a talented runner with good size at Alabama. But you know, I, th- I think part of the attraction, especially last year, was he was a guy who gave you a little bit of a little bit of everything, and and could be a sort of a role player, and, and I think he fit nicely in the role they asked them to play. He was their lead guy, but they had you know like Bo Scarborough, who who basically Bo Scarborough is is you know certainly was an older prospect, but in a lot of ways was Josh Jacobs, where he had a a big big run in the playoffs.
0: And everybody well, wanted to vault him.
1: <laughs> sure, and he and and you know, it didn't work. Now there, again, he's the guy who had significant injury concerns, uh, and he's older. But it's a similar situation. I, obviously, I think Jacobs will go much higher than Scarborough, Scarborough did. But you know, there's reason to, to 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 believe more highly in a guy like Harris. He's been the leading rusher twice. He he shows you uh, multiple sets of skills. Um, he could be, uh, you, you know, a, a nice role player. He could be a guy who's, I I don't think he's a guy who's likely to be a stud, but I do think he's a guy who could be a credible starting running back for some teams. But again, ideally part of a package, part of a a group, which is increasingly how teams work anyway. Uh, so, you know, if, if, if those are the choices, I think he has a much better case, to make uh, for sustainability in the NFL. And you're
0: going to get a better return on your investment if it's a pick 85 through 100. Then right now, look, I mean, Josh Jacobs goes in, blows up the combine. I mean, there's going to be no stopping this and no stopping big draft from where they're putting him. It'll be there, and then it'll just come down to, you know, let's see how it plays out when we start playing again. Um, But, yeah, I'd feel much more comfortable with a mid-round pick on Damian Harris than right now betting a very, very high pick on – what Josh Jacobs has done, which isn't enough to for me to warrant a pick in the top 10. Um, guys, uh, Lockdown Browns, the iTunes rating reviews, those are huge. Those are crucial. Guys, do me a favor. Pop on over there. Dro- drop a five-star. Leave a written review for me, guys. Always appreciate it. Pete, um, when we did the Heisman prediction, um, you jokingly and enjoyed it, and we let you have a little fun with it. You wanted to give the Heisman Trophy to the University of Memphis offensive line.
1: Um, I just t- wanted them to go to New York. That was my. I just wanted them to get to go to New York and watch and, and get the get that little star treatment. They weren't going to win, but I but I wanted them to to get a little little shine.
0: All these guys from Memphis, man, they wouldn't want to go anyway. They you know the, the better barbecues where they're from. But obviously, a key beneficiary of all this. And the more and more I watch, and he's big, he big, he's thick, he moves well, he moves really well. Uh, Daryl Henderson now. This is this is going to be interesting because he could easily be second. I, I wouldn't be stunned if he was the second or third running back taken in this class.
1: He's fast, um, and know, he's not he's,
0: and he's not tiny.
1: No, uh, he's he's listed at five, nine, 200 pounds, um, which you know I, I'm a big fan of guys who are lower to the ground have that natural anchor uh, and leverage, but look Darrell Henderson and look you you can say well it was at Memphis he averaged not just under nine yards to carry this season and over 15 yards of reception uh, almost he had over 2,000 total yards he had 25 total touchdowns and the offensive line was outstanding but he was certainly their featured dude he he was just great um I, I think he's getting overlooked a little bit in this process but he might be you know, the guy you mentioned earlier who might get released or let go, uh, you know, by virtue of his contract. I think the guy he may be a little similar to is is, is uh, Tevin Coleman. Just that get him a lane, and and he's gonna freaking potentially house it. Uh, the other guys sort of in that mold, you know. I, I didn't love coming out of college was Lamar Miller, where you know if if you got him into the open field. His sprinter speed was going to get him there, but the the whole issue was that it, getting him to see the hole or find the hole. You know, Darrell Henderson's got that type of that type of ability where he, he's a threat to score if, if you give him give him a hole. So if you're you know you're one of these teams that has invested substantially in your offensive line and you want to you know get a back that can that that doesn't that doesn't need you know doesn't necessarily create his own offense, but it's just going to uh, gel really well with the talented group up front. I think Darrell Henderson is a guy who could really, really help a team out like that, and he should crush uh, at least the forty uh, in testing. And it's probably going to be one of those guys who puts up a number that makes everybody take, you know, go back and, and look again, uh, you know, just to make sure they're not missing something with him.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, obviously, you know, um, I think faster, but definitely gives me a, a Ray Rice type of vibe to his game. Uh, is Daryl Henderson. Um, Michigan, uh, Karan Higdon, uh, pretty long career. Um, kind of a back I describe as like a Novocaine back. Uh, you know, he's going to keep, you know, he'll get the job done consistently. It's never going to wow you. There's not going to be many flashes. But, you know, like you just said before, if you have a good offensive line, most of the time, he's going to pick up what should be there to be gotten. Um, definitely a guy, though. I, I don't see going high. I would probably say day three, unless he comes in and tests out of this world, which I don't think anybody's expecting. But you're know, definitely a guy. You know, I, I like to call like a novocaine back. It, you know, he could be part of a one, maybe a third. He's going to have to play some specials. But if you get in a pinch and you got to give him 12 to 15 carries, he should be able to get the job done.
1: Nothing about him is flashy. He's. <laughs> He's just a, a pretty good football player. He's a Hugo.
0: Uh, He'll get you there all day long.
1: Well, and the guy he sort of reminds me of, you know, in terms of that that guy who's not exciting is, is the dude the Browns uh, had a couple of years ago that they drafted in the seventh round. It just strikes me as a guy who's going to be, you know, a future running backs coach. Um, not a guy who, who looks like he has a ton of athletic ability, but just understands what's supposed to happen and can produce in that respect. Uh, He, I I agree. I think he's going to be a late day three, potentially undrafted guy, but I expect he's going to find a way to stick in a roster. I think he's like that type of guy who just does enough where if he's put in the game, he's put in a situation, he's going to do the right thing. Uh, And there's value to that. And I think, you know, there are teams that, that could use a depth guy, whether it's somebody who can come in and pass block or, you know, you know it's third and one and isn't going to dance. He's going to go get that. Make sure he gets that. Get you that one yard. You know, it, wh- he was he, just never been a flashy guy. Certainly didn't stand out to me uh, at the Senior Bowl and stuff like that. Just, he's just I mean, that was okay.
0: you just said that, and I literally had to scratch my head for a second. I was like, oh crap, yeah, he was at the Senior Bowl,
1: right? And he was an okay blocker. There, he's just not flashy. Just a guy who who will do
0: okay. It's funny because most of these running backs seem to be within the H's um here similar to miles Gaskin uh, Justice Hill out of Oklahoma State uh, the one thing I will say is I, I think Justice Hill at least on tape looks a lot faster than miles Gaskin
1: right so you know Justice Hill it's tough with with guys like this because uh, on the same on the same it's the big 12 well that sure that that's part of it the other part is is, is you know this wasn't You know, your typical throw-the-ball-over-the-pitch type uh, Oklahoma State offense. I mean, certainly they they passed the ball, had almost 4,000 yards in that respect. But they had three different guys carrying the ball, including the quarterback, getting yardage. They had, you know, it's Justice Hill, and then they had a a talented freshman with a great name, Chubba Hubbard. Um, That You know, a guy like Justice Hill was certainly, you know, a pretty good player – but it almost you know if you're saying that you know a guy like Duke Johnson or, or Miles Gaskin is too small in some respects it's like Oklahoma State gave you more ammunition to argue that against Justice Hill because they did uh, rotate him I, I wouldn't hold that against him but you know again these are, are day three backs that may be able to give you a little something but but I I think part of the reason the guy like Justice Hill leaves early is because he sees the writing on the wall and is hoping he can catch on. And at least get paid while he's fighting for carries as opposed to probably losing them to a, to a guy who's going to come back, be a sophomore, and, and, you know, the guy going forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost, let me say, let me at least keep my draft position where it's at. Because I don't think I'm going, you know, there's no chance I'm going any higher here. I'm probably only going lower, other than leaving Oklahoma State, and then you're going to get knocked for going down to a lower-level school. So, you know, sometimes the hands are just dealt that way. <clears throat> um Always interesting when you've got a guy like this with Elijah Holyfield, obviously his father. Um, one thing I think of Elijah Holyfield, and it seems some people are, and this is another one here where they're kind of giving him, I mean, if we're looking for running backs, I guess, but I mean, just because you say the guy could go as the second, third, or fourth drafted running back doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden his you know, where he's going to get drafted overall should be jumped up. One thing I will say about Holyfield to me is he does seem like a little bit of that that fourth quarter four minute back, um. But tough guy, uh. You know what you've seen. You liked. Uh, uh, again, of course, you'd always like to see some more. But this is just going to be the way now with Georgia and Alabama, and you know, we've talked about this, guys. But Elijah Holyfield, interesting. Uh. And you know, interesting story. Obviously, from who his father is. <laughs> but my opinion, a guy who probably could have stayed another year, but in the same respect. You're at Georgia, and it could have been the same type of situation for him that it was for Justice Hill.
1: Right. Uh, and, and that's, you know, there's some truth to that in terms of, you know, the running back factory. But, you know, Georgia's the ultimate example. Where he's they got Swift. To-
0: but he's got Swift. He's got Dalvin Cook's little brother sitting right there behind him. I yep. mean, so it's a tough spot. And I'm no, sure they've mean- drafted two five-stars this cycle. So, I mean, yeah. recruited.
1: Right. That, but that's the thing is like even with that Georgia had that run of backs where they were all super productive like you know the, yep. the guys who separate themselves managed to find a way. Um, Sony and Chubb did it together. I so right. So Elijah Holyfield, look, the one thing he's got down is the Josh Gordon baby baby oil filter figured out. Um, certainly he, he you know he's the guy who's who's. You know, it was DK you know the DK Metcalf treatment before the season in terms of just how inc- remarkably strong he is, particularly in his upper body. Um, yeah, he's more of a power back. Uh, the question with him is going to be speed uh, and just how much he has there. And you know, it didn't help that he was playing alongside uh, a DeAndre Swift who was really really fast.
0: Yeah, guys, um, th- next year those will be the running backs to talk about. Yeah, DeAndre well, we got to cover this year.
1: DeAndre Swift is is fun, but yeah, uh, Holyfield, a nice player you know, it just, and I think Swift is in the same boat. I, you know, they, they were good players, very, you know, great averages, but it just never felt like they were that great, great player like they had with Michelle and Chubb and, and those guys, you know, good, not great. And, and, and I think his name uh, in some ways is carrying him a little bit only to continue getting me. Don't get me wrong. He's a nice player. I just don't, I don't see enough to to be where you're like I'm going to take this as one of the top five backs.
0: Yeah, I, whether or not he's cracking the top ninety six, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can see that unless for some reason teams get desperate and running backs go on a run. But look, I mean, just because there's not as many of them doesn't really mean they should go on a run. I mean, still draft the guy where he's where they being drafted. You know, don't put more on the kid's plate already. That obviously, if he wasn't good enough to get drafted that high, and he gets overdrafted. Now just putting even more on his plate. Um, now here's the interesting name, Pete. And we've been talking about him pretty much since the show's existence. Out um, of Stanford, Bryce Love. Obviously, we thought a lot of him in 2017. Uh, playing on a bum ankle, week in, week out. You know, he would take himself out for a play or two. Uh, here came a big, crucial third and six. And because they're Stanford and they don't throw the ball ball much. All right, Bryce, get in there. And he'd go pound out a seven or eight yard run. He'd hobble off get a quick blow, come back. Um, but obviously the injuries, I mean, I, I, I hope he's working out. I, I don't think he's working out, which is not going to help him because he, he's not going to be able to work out, so nobody's going to have any testing numbers. Um, I assume he should interview you well. He's a brilliant kid. Um, but here's also one of these things, and we even talked about this last year, is one of these things with a guy like Bryce Love, and it's disgusting to say, but it's going to go on, and there's going to be that guy... When you're all sitting down with your scouts and everybody, and somebody's going to say, "Eh, he's a nerd. Does he really want to play football?" Right. Uh,
1: there's there's a segment of football people that will always they're north of sixty
0: five guys, and they still have jobs uh,
1: that <laughs> that uh, that want players that need football as opposed to guys that want football and won't bother to you know find out you know the guys that are just passionate about it and you know the brainiacs that. You know, have potential other options, but just love the game and want to keep playing it. Um, that's, that's certainly a question that's going to be asked. Um, Bryce Love, his junior season was incredible. Uh, you know, the 2,100 yards, uh, you know, w- was, was a Heisman candidate. Um, but the problem with Bryce Love is his calling card for, you know, for, for in college and, and going to the NFL was speed. So the worst thing that could possibly happen to him uh, was the ACL injury, and unfortunately the timing of it didn't help. Um, you know, it's it's awful because he's going to miss a year. So you're going to have to put that into the calculus with him if you're going to draft him, sign him, whatever, uh, that you're, he's going to miss a year. And, and your doctors are now going to evaluate, you know, basically, what are we going to be at, five months 3 months 3 months from the injury uh to 5 months when they go to the medical recheck to basically see where this kid's at it's just so a really tough spot 19's off the table yeah it's it's he's going to it's it's about 2020 it's it's no different than when the Browns took uh uh Ekpre out of oregon he had the injury at the exact same timing and you know tremendous college career before that uh, it didn't work for him he had some complications uh, so that may be what ultimately happens with Bryce Love it's un- it's ter- terrible uh, and certainly you know a- it- another another uh, piece in the argument for people who-, who say get the hell out of school as fast as possible um, but you know Bryce Love wanted to finish he wanted to you know get his college degree and do all the do well, all the it's
0: part of the reason you go to Stanford <laughs> it's part of right, the reason you go and, there yeah.
1: It's not, you know, it, it, it look no further than David Shaw. It's difficult to get guys out of Palo Alto once they get there. Uh, but yeah, it's a tough spot for him, you know. Could it? It wouldn't surprise me at all if a team like the Patriots were to take him super, super late. Uh, one because they they have picks they sort of play with that they get every year, and and they'll they'll t- they'll take a shot on a guy, and if he doesn't work, he doesn't work. But they'll they'll you know the type of guy where you know, a year or two, the guy suddenly shows up and maybe gives them something. We'll see. I, ho- I hope the best for Bryce Love. His, you know, he was a great player, uh, you know, seems to be everything that's great about college football, and then just has the awful injury.
0: Um, one thing, though, guys, I and mean, uh, we're not going to lose any sleep if it doesn't work out for Bryce Love. He's uh, an extremely, I'm not saying smart, kid is brilliant. Um, he's gonna do damage in this world, whatever it is. Um, but to have to start an NFL career and knowing that you you've got, you know, at least a year before you're gonna be able able to do anything, it's a tough road. It's a tough road for any guy. And and the other thing is 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 a twenty two year old kid, uh, most likely far away from home, uh, starting in a professional life, it's just a tough, tough situation all around. So I mean, you know, God bless Bryce Love, but however it works out, you know, big road ahead of him as far as that respect is concerned. Guys, whether it is on um, Instagram, whether it's on Twitter, the Locked On NFL Network, Locked On NFL Net, uh, obviously uh, presence is on both social media accounts. All the shows are pumped through there. The local shows like myself, Mark Schofield and Locked On Patriots, the fantasy shows, the draft shows with Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino and Trevor Sakema and John Ledyard. Um, and then, of course, you know Matt Williamson's Locked On NFL podcast. You can check everything out, guys, over there on uh, Instagram or Twitter. Locked On NFL Net. Pete, this is going to bring us on over to now, and you know this is interesting. Now, uh, you know obviously a big time wide receiver out of Iowa State University, a real, real solid running back, uh, causes a lot of missed tackles, breaks a lot of tackles. David Montgomery, uh, a lot of people, you know. A lot of people loved him last year, did nothing to disappoint that this year, put together another second solid season. David Montgomery, and one thing I do like, I, you know, I look at him, first thing I kind of think of is Hoover. Empty yards, and they're there, and he zooms them up as quick as possible. Pretty interesting player, interesting back in David Montgomery.
1: Uh, yeah, he's one I don't understand what happened in terms of, it's almost like people got bored of him. Right. Um, because he was like he was the guy who like a, you know, I think PFF basically had him with the most missed tackle forced missed tackles ever in a season last year and, and it and might have been two was,
0: years in a row though I think he came close to doing it again this year but
1: yeah and everybody was super into him and then this year it's like you don't hear about him and maybe it's just like an understood that he's a good player maybe they just don't think he's going to be a great player but you know if, if you run a zone scheme. This is your dude. I mean, he, he's a guy who knows how to set up blocks. He knows how to make people miss. Uh, he, he's hes boring. Like, to me, David Montgomery, you know, I don't know where he's going to get picked, if it's going to be like late day three, or I'm sorry, late day two, early day three, that type of thing. But when you think of like what the Broncos used to be known for, like David Montgomery is the guy you think of in terms of those, you know, the Terrell Davis type years of the, the uh, you know, those guys, you know, those type of guys, where you just plug him in, and 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 the line sort of does what what it does, and he just finds the spots to operate and make plays. Like, uh, I'd be I'd be very curious to see what he does in terms of athletic testing, and maybe that'll sort of give him a little juice. And maybe, maybe he's just that, an average
0: maybe, athlete. Maybe that could be it, though. Maybe yeah. I mean, look, if everybody's going to say Rashawn Gary's going three or four because he's going to test to the roof, maybe part of the problem is the early returns on Montgomery's testing numbers won't be that great.
1: All I know is all the great backs seem to be coming out of Cincinnati, so...
0: <laughs> a little something going on. Uh, maybe it's the Skyline Chili. Maybe. Um, him,
1: him and Snell, man.
0: Those guys are good. Yeah, well, we're going to get to Mr. Benny Snell. We're going to get to Mr. Benny Snell. Um, Miles Sanders out of Penn State. Uh, obviously, you know, one year to get a shot down there after Mr. Swan Barkley. Um, there's times where it looks like he can block. There's times where it doesn't look like he has a clue. Um, but you put the ball in his hands, and you know, I think there's something there. Uh, whether or not he's going to be a long-term starter, it's certainly not going to be from day one. Testing could help him. The uh, body, to physique, all look good factors, um, but you know, not a lot on Miles Sanders.
1: No, and and I think you know the fact that he's you, you know he's the guy replacing Saquon Barkley hurts him.
0: Uh, <laughs> there's something to that, I guess. But yeah. but
1: a, a lot, you know, when I when you watch him, he looks like he basically looks like baby Saquon. Like he does the same type of things, and and maybe that's not you know. Maybe that's by design that they found, you know, they recruited another kid who does a lot of the same thing. Saquon Barkley, did. not nearly as big, but in terms of like a guy who has that short area quickness and then, and then turns on the boot, the boosters, t- you know, to, to house it. Like he's impressive. Like, like the highlights are on him. You know, there's a noticeable size difference, but you're basically looking at it. And you're going, you know, I remember Saquon doing this last year. He's that type of guy. He was really, really good. Um, yeah, maybe maybe people will hold it against him that it feels like he's a one year wonder, but he was he was really good and and you know I, I I think there's a case to be made we'll see we'll see what he does in testing and stuff like that I, you know there's a real case to be made that he's the best back in this draft um, and and I don't think he's going to go anywhere near that high I, uh, we'll see what actually happens but you know for all the, the talk about these guys you know like Holyfield and D- Jacobs and stuff like in terms of actually getting it done. Sanders is better than all of them.
0: There is something to be said there, and the best part's going to be about this this draft running back class-wise. We'll be able to sit down in two years and evaluate the, the running backs who were drafted, you know, at by their position, one through ten, and then sit down two years from now and see how those draft choices shook out. Because there's not really... There's no real clear consensus here. It's, you know... It's just it's just not working like that with this group, um, Michigan State, uh, and this is one. There's always a couple at every position. Feels like LJ <laughs> feels like LJ Scott spent about a decade in East Lansing, Pete. It
1: does, and it's funny because I, I, I know there was
0: some. The other thing is, is I'm kind of cons- it, It's weird. I mean, I, I know there were some transgressions. Obviously, I maybe he didn't punch anybody outside of a McDonald's, but uh, apparently he's okay to go to the combine because I'm pretty sure there was a DWI in there, but. Whatever.
1: It, what's funny with with uh, with with him is is L.J. Scott. Like years ago, you know, we were when I was coaching at, 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 at Revere, uh, we were fighting to get the eighth seed in the playoffs and fell short. Had we gotten there, it would have been to play him at Hubbard, and oh. you know, he was a grown ass man. I mean, obviously, some as a freshman when he was sort of had his you know really good year. Uh, but you know, he was, he was enormous. So I remember it's, it's, it's unfortunate in that he seems to have gotten worse with time. It like Peaked now at it, 18, <laughs> right? Like, he, you know, you watch him run, um, and, and it feels like he's carrying a piano now. Like, it's just, it, it's, it's like, he's gotten Lated. progressively worse. Um, so, uh, you know, I, the, the bloom seems to be off the roads with him. He had a terrible last year. Uh, only played five games, you know, not much production. I mean, his junior year wasn't very good, and and some of this is, is Michigan State has fallen off. Don't get me wrong, Michigan State has 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 lost, you know, a lot of their talent. But like L.J. Scott's best year was 904 yards, and, and as a sophomore, and and granted that was, you know, the bell cow for that team. But it's not like he's ever put up. Big time numbers. I I, I don't think he's going to get drafted. I think if he wants to play football, it's likely going to be in the AAF or something like that. He may get a, a cup of coffee somewhere, but unless he's going to like convert to be a fullback or something like that, I, I just don't see it. And and I don't know what has happened. Maybe it's injuries. Maybe it's something else. But it just you know, it's just not
0: there. Now it's you know he's. It just, yeah, I mean, and he screams of the guy, you know, with some off-field stuff and the, just the game going downward and downward. Uh, you know, maybe somebody likes him day three, but yeah, I, I would, wouldn't would be surprised at all if he's undrafted and also wouldn't be surprised if he was a week four of the preseason fantasy stud who doesn't make his team. Um, in a class that's looking for guys, and I know there's a lot of them who like this guy and he could turn out to be an interesting one. Florida Atlantic, Devin Singletary. Uh, there's definitely, definitely some juice here.
1: Yeah, uh, he's he's a popular guy in terms of like you know draft Twitter and stuff like that. Um, explosive. I think people are expecting him to put up big numbers in terms of testing uh, and showcase well in that regard. You know, it's interesting. You know, in that type of offense, uh, the, you know, the belief with with Lane, Lane Kiffin and those guys that they they basically just throw the ball around the, the entire way. But Florida Atlantic was a running team, and that was what they did their damage with. And it was a, a two-headed monster with him and and, and Kareth White Jr. Um, he was the feature back certainly. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what he does and, and looks like in that regards. But uh, you know, he was a, a fine running back at Florida Atlantic, but it wasn't like he crushed the competition in a way that like you know Darrell Henderson or, or one of those yep. did.
0: So he's not, I mean, going to be interesting, Uh, you know, I definitely, you know, if you want to put him, you know, as, you know, part of a, you know, a feature back, obviously with a guy with some juice, um, you know, putting up a good three cone, putting up a good 40 time would only accelerate the process here. But look, I mean, like you said, you know, everybody's looking, you're looking for somebody here because it's not like, you know, some years past where, you know, there's just a bunch of really good running backs like it is this year with the tight end class or the wide receiver class. Just give me one. It's not going to be that way with the running back class this year. And that will get us. To our guy, and there's no doubt. This is my this is my favorite running back in the class. Runs violent. Uh, I don't think he's got elite speed. Um, Going to need some help. It, you know, you need some work as a pass receiver. But what I do like about Benny Snell is I like a guy. I, I like a guy who goes to a school, and the school is better off because he went there. Look, there's been a million guys went in and out of the doors of Alabama. Kentucky is a program. Kind of like how Josh Allen helped him become a program. You needed that dude on the offensive side of the ball. Kentucky was able to turn the corner, do the things they did. And Benny Snell, Mr. Snellia later, is certainly a reason why. And these guys, I always like these guys who went to a program and, and left a mark, left a foundation. And kind of, you know, everybody loves the term culture change here with the Browns now, that's fine. But you want to talk about somebody who changed the culture down for Kentucky football. Benny Snell's one of those dudes. Right, any game Kentucky won
1: this year, uh, offensively, Benny Snell had to deliver. Because... Thirty
0: carries, one hundred and forty yards, did everything <laughs> he could to control the ball, you know, control the clock, keep the ball away from the other team.
1: Let's put it this way: Do you know who who uh, Kentucky's quarterback it was this year?
0: Well, you said it on one episode, but yeah, no, It's actually, I think we did this with John Costco too. Yes, Ter- I mean, th-
1: Terry Wilson. Yes. I, I- you know, I don't know if Terry, Terry Wilson's family knows who, who Terry Wilson is, but he uh, – but, yeah, but, I mean, they, a team that threw for, you know, 1,889 yards, Benny Snell ran for 1,449 yards. I mean, it, it, anything they won, he had to deliver. I mean, they had – you know, they, they've got a couple genuine stars on that Kentucky team. And obviously, good Josh Allen is the guy that's going to go first, but they had – any game they won, those guys had to deliver and, and – Certainly, if you're gonna you you want to you know go back to the days like the the 1990s and 1980s with running backs where you got a bell cow and you were gonna turn and hand it to him 25 to 30 times a game. Benny Snell is that throwback guy, powerful, uh, shifty enough. Um, Not a guy who's really gonna you really want to have him run outside or or turn his shoulders to the sideline. You want him to basically get behind his pads and plow forward, and you know it, it's not like Benny Snell was a guy who was who was bad bad against good teams and then piled up numbers against bad teams. He was just a consistent power back type guy that that would go you know went for 175 against a team like Florida, uh, and, and, and and you know churned out 73 against. Uh, Georgia, and then goes for 144 against Penn State, like, he was just a consistent player week in and week out, and, you know, when he was good, they tended to win or, or keep it close, and they had a great year from that standpoint, and that's why they beat a team like Florida. That's why they beat Penn State in the bowl game. Like, they had a great, great year, and you can attribute it, you know, every game that he was good in, they were good in, and that's That's certainly a testament to his ability, and and I think he is going to be a very nice surprise back who, you know, maybe somebody goes and gets him earlier than people expect. I certainly wouldn't hate it. Um, But if he's sitting there day three and somebody picks him up, they could get a much better back than the draft slots uh, suggests. And, you know, maybe he could be a bell cow for a team, but, man, would he look Like, you take a guy like Duke Johnson, you know, in a theoretical world where, like, he gets traded somewhere and you add a Benny Snell to him, like, that's a nice one-two punch. Um, you know, a team like Oakland, uh, well, they soon to be Nomad Raiders. Yes. that they, they, You know, that is relying on Marshawn Lynch and, and Doug Martin and those type of guys. Like, a guy like Benny Snell could be a really, really nice player for them. They've certainly got that offensive line that can drive people off the ball. Like, Benny Snell's a guy who will punish people. Uh, after contact and, like, those type of things. And, and maybe that's something the Raiders would look into doing. And, and certainly, you know, John Gruden going back back to the last time he was with the Raiders had guys that could do that, and, and he, he might be a good fit for a team like that.
0: Yeah, he obviously before the Hunt edition, and maybe even still, uh, I, I liked him. And I did like him from the fact that hey, if Nick Chubb was going to miss a week or two weeks, that you felt confident enough in what Benny Snell could do. And he's going to get north and south. And if he can consistently get north and south, then you can work some outside. But uh, you know, like you said, you know, get low has no problem dealing with you know taking the pops and the licks. Uh, just a good football player. He's going to end up somewhere. He'll have a nice career. Um, before we get to the Williams trio, um, Mike Weber out of Ohio State. Uh, I think the toughest thing for him, partly, is is that Dwayne Haskins just went full clinger in his final year at Ohio State and. You know, there wasn't much thought of, you know, a lot of thought of the running game in Columbus this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, that, and, and, you know, also had to contend with, you know, J.K. Dobbins. Of who course. Who really came on and had a great, you know, had, had, wasn't consistent, but, man, when he flashed, he was great. Um, Mike Weber is a very good back. He's not a great back. Uh, and, and when you go to a school like Ohio State, with their you know, tradition, th- yep. That's, that's what makes it tough is is, is, is you're going to have those expectations long time. you. are going to be it.
0: measured against all those peers before you, and, you know, if you're right. not, it's, you're not.
1: It's like, you know, he follows Ezekiel Elliott. It's like when Peppy Pearson, poor Peppy Pearson followed Eddie George. <clears throat> like, it's just, it's not fair. I forgot and, about and, that name. And, and you know, Mike Weber had a great, a really, really nice freshman year, Uh, and, and then, you know, As then the the second year, he's immediately dealing with J.K. Dobbins, and 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 that's what happened this past year. Um, You know, if he goes to another school where he's the featured back for four years, I think he's probably a lot more
0: talked about, especially in this class,
1: right? And this could be you know a nice year for him uh, in that respect. Again, I think he's a good back. I don't think he's a great back should, if, if he can, you know, test well and do stuff like that and, and look good in the drills, you know, I think he could make some noise. It, it could be a nice surprise back. It's just tough. And, 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 you know, it's the same deal as, as, as these other schools, but they, you know, when they never stop recruiting these guys and can always sort of be looking to upgrade, you know, it's tough. Like if Mike Weber goes to, let's say he goes to Nebraska, uh, you know, they're still recruiting and they're going to get guys, but it's not the same way where...
0: It's to get Mike a blow. It's not to, uh, Mike, go take a series off.
1: Right. Like, he, he you know, maybe he has an a, a Amir Abdullah-type career where he's you know he's the dude for four years and they get other guys. With Ohio State and programs like that, you know, a guy like Mike Weber is a nice back. You're always trying to upgrade, and, and that's a, a trap he sort of fell into. And, you know, again, good, not great, could be a nice, solid fit. He's got, you know nice size he's he's fundamentally sound he does what you want him to do a lot like Karan Higdon but I think he's probably going to be a better athlete than Karan Higdon
0: I would easily see that that, yeah yeah
1: and 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 I think he'll you know will warrant more uh consideration as a pick uh his production is not bad if you go back to his freshman year it's just not great he's the that's that's who he is he's a good not great back.
0: and it is funny I mean because part of it obviously with this year you know with these two backs, a couple of years ago, Ohio State would have been fine with two 1,000-yard two rushers. It was just the year that everything lined up right. Haskins was airing it out, so they continued to do it. Um, trio of Williams's, uh I believe you saw two out of three of them down in Mobile. Uh, Dexter out of Notre Dame. Uh, James Williams out of Washington State. And Travion Williams out of Texas A&M. We'll wrap up here with these three guys here.
1: So... I I did see two of them at the Senior Bowl, and and the best one wasn't there. Uh, Travion Williams is a stud. Uh, You know, I think he's getting severely underrated.
0: Another Matt Waldman Uh, favorite. You always uh, got a towel for those guys.
1: He's another guy in like that Darrell Henderson mold where he's fast, Uh, and I think in part because Texas A&M has fallen off a little bit
0: uh,
1: in these past couple years, and and, and good, good, not great team this year.
0: his you know, first I think, year, Jimbo will get things done there, though. He'll get a new bag, man. He'll get some players.
1: So, you know, Travion Williams has been special, and I think people forget uh, how explosive he was coming out. And then he had the injury as a sophomore, or not, you know, he's dinged up a little bit as a sophomore. You know, I, I think it, it's like forgotten, you know, almost ignored, forgotten, not realized. He had about 1,800 yards this year. Uh, and he, his ability, once he gets an open space, is, is tremendous. He can make guys miss, and then he's got some ability as a receiver. Like, he, you know, I don't know why he's not in the conversation as the top back in this class. I think he's going to test well. I think he's going to be a guy that, that maybe, you know, I would not be surprised at all if, 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 you know, post combine or even during the combine, we start hearing, uh, you know, Teams are moving Travion Williams up boards, which is code for he was always up there. Now you're just catching up. Um, but he's the type of guy where if he does slip, he could be a really, really nice player. Um, if, if teams fall in love with Josh Jacobs and some of these other guys, and you let this dude slip, you know maybe this is a Willis McGahee type guy in a class where Trent, you know, where, where these other guys go ahead of him. They're like uh, Duckett and William Green and those guys aren't as good as they should be and meanwhile trevion williams is tearing it up wherever he goes like he's that type of guy where i feel like he's gonna get he's gonna get fall down the board way too far uh even if that's in the you know third round i think that would be a crime uh with how much talent he has and and he could come in and be an instant impact player like you know, obviously the, the Browns when they when they got Kareem Hunt, the talk was, well, he led the league in rushing as a rookie. And I'm not suggesting Trevian Williams will lead the league in rushing, but he's that type of guy who could step in a team like Kansas City and be great right now. And you're going, whoa, how did how did we miss this guy?
0: Yeah, or a, a Green Bay, or like just a team that every now and then just you know, well, well okay, if nobody wants him, fine, we'll take him. Um, but then you, you have the other two. Obviously, you got to see the other two down in Mobile Inn. I, I guess Pete, did, obviously, not too fair. Uh, Dexter he's, Williams. Dex, he's okay. Dexter I mean, Williams, he, he, it almost looks like he runs with a little bit of a buzz to him. Um, you know, sometimes runs to traffic as opposed to daylight. Uh, you know, even though he had the touchdown run in the Senior Bowl, where, I mean, it was a, a, a crawling effort. I mean, but keep in mind, late in the game, nobody was playing the run, so
1: yeah he's all right I mean he, he's Bye. he's a big tough kid I mean I think the teams are gonna like that I, I you know I think there's a more interest in him from actual NFL teams than maybe the, you know people who, who are just following this with with you know like we are um I think there's a skill set teams like with him but you know he's one of those guys that and, and Notre Dame unfortunately has a number of these guys right now, uh, coming out this year. It's just never, really lived up to, to, to how good maybe they could have been. Um, he falls under that that category a, l- a little bit. And, and, you know, he's a senior. And and I think, you know, he's a guy who had a, a solid year but never really popped. Uh, and, 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 and maybe the other part is, you know, he missed a couple games and had he had the full season, maybe his numbers look a little bit better. But he, he's – you know, like, he's okay. I mean, the one thing I like about him is his power. You let him, and he's athletic, don't get me wrong, but he's at his best when he can. He gets two guys in contact, driving his legs, and then he can surprise you with some stuff.
0: Yeah, so, uh, guys, that's going to put a cap on it here. Um, this is your running back class. This will be the first group running out. It'll be a uh, working out in Indy. It'll be a week from Friday. So, you know, going to get some things, going to get some numbers there on this group, get it out of the way early. Um, Like we said, uh, 2019, I mean 2020, that's the NFL draft group of running backs you're going to be looking for. Hopefully it still will not be an issue or a huge need for the Cleveland Browns as they're defending a Super Bowl title. Guys, as always, read Pete's work over at NFL Spin Zone. Um, Follow him over, uh, follow Pete, uh, follow at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Follow the Lockdown Browns Twitter account. We keep it a follow-back account. Follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, guys, appreciate everything. The listens, the uh, reviews, everything. Keep them coming. It means a lot. Um, ben, your daily delivery of all things. Dog pound, LGB on the L Let's go, Browns.